Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to the Locked on NBA Big Board podcast. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about trades. It is trade season and what trades we can possibly expect that could possibly change the landscape of the NBA on draft night. Stay tuned. Yo, yo, what is up? This is Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board, and I got my crew with me, the best draft squad on social media. I got Sam Ferris, a.k.a. the intelligent one, Leaf Tulane, a.k.a. the grinder, because he watches more college basketball than anyone else, and then we got the clip god himself, who is wearing an Orlando Magic shirt today, even though he's known as Mavs Draft. I think last week he had on a Vancouver Grizzlies shirt. I mean, I've seen Grizzlies, I've seen Mavs, and I've seen Magic. <laughs> this guy has a collection of NBA team t-shirts, and he called him the Clip Guy, but I haven't seen him in a Clipper shirt yet. <laughs> All right, how is everything going for you guys? Are, are you guys ready? We are a day away from basically like the highlight of, well, at least for me. I mean, you guys might have a life going on, but at least for me is the highlight. Don't tell my wife, but the highlight of my year. Are you guys expecting a crazy draft day? Well, uh, first, let me say, you will never see me wear a Clippers shirt. Uh, that is out the picture, but I'm excited. I think it's going to be a nuts day. I think all the reports, I think Mark Stein was the one that said it. It's going to be a lot of trades, and I think it's going to make it harder for us. I don't know about y'all, but I prefer the drafts that are less trades, so it's easier to keep up where everybody is going, so I'm not looking like an idiot. and going, oh, they're going to be a great fit, and then just to find out they've been traded, like the Philly in 2018, when they drafted uh, Mikhail Bridges, I was so in love with that fit. I think everybody in there, everybody who kept up with the draft loved that. But it made it so difficult because I was like, really? Like, they, they just moved on from him for Zaire Smith. And uh, obviously, that bit him in the butt in, in the long term. But I'm excited. Lots of big trades coming. They traded a hometown guy. <laughs> and his mom worked at the uh, with the Sixers. Yeah, that, that was crazy. What about you, Leaf? Is there... Is there some excitement? Are you expecting big trades, or do you think this could be just some smokescreen? I, I think there will be some trades. I think there are a lot of teams that want to move up for certain players. Obviously, there's some talk about Jaden Ivey being a guy that lots of teams are trading up for. I think a lot of teams are trying to trade into the second round and, and some into the first That because a lot of the better teams don't have draft picks because they've traded them for assets. So I think it'll be entertaining, and I'm excited trying to – put together my very final edits on my big board uh, this afternoon and, and then just settle in and enjoy the show for the draft. All right, Sam, this is a question I'm sure Knicks fans wants to know. We have a pretty decent size Nick following. I've done quite a few Nick spaces on, on Twitter. Does Julius Randall get moved? That's the, that's the question every Nick fan wants to know. Does Julius Randall, is he out of there? That's one name I haven't heard quite as much. I would assume they're going to try to trade him, whether someone wants to take him on and whether they can get any value in return at this point. That's the question. Uh, but for me, I'm kind of like, I always go in a little skeptical when it comes to trades because I feel like always leading up to the draft, we hear, oh, there's going to be so many, so many trades. And then on draft night, I usually... I mean, I always enjoy draft night regardless because I love the draft, but I feel like there usually isn't as many, as many trades as there's talked up to be. But what gives me hope this year especially is there are multiple teams that have like 
two, three, even four picks in this draft. Uh, Oklahoma City, we're talking Houston, San Antonio, all with two, three first round picks in this draft. And I just don't think all those teams are going to roster like three, four, five rookies this year. And so I think one way or another, there is going to be more activity uh, on this draft night. And especially Oklahoma City kind of looking forward has got so many that they're going to have to make a play here at some point. Yeah, I say the same for San Antonio. I don't think they're going to bring three first round picks in the training camp. I know Minnesota, I think, has three in the second round on top of one in the first round. All right, Leaf, this question is for you. Hot seat question. Is Rudy Gobert, does, does he change teams tomorrow night? I'm, I'm going to guess no. Uh, I, I initially, if you'd asked me that about a week ago, I probably would have said yes. Um, as the Atlanta rumors were heating up. I think the answer is no, because the Jazz, if they haven't made a trade, they don't know who they'd be tra- uh, taking there. And at 16, presumably the Hawks have been the biggest suitor. Uh, I think there's a lot of really good options. I-, I think it's a little premature. I think if the Jazz were to make a move, I would assume the only move before the draft would be ma- trading Mike Conley for perhaps a pick. The Wizards have been talking about wanting a uh, veteran point guard. I'm not sure that alone nets you number 10 but there's a chance no of that. Way. And, and, uh, and, but, but that's, that, that's my guess is I think Mike Conley being traded is the only real possibility for the jazz on draft night though. I, I would like a chaotic night and see what happens though. I'm not sure the best way forwards to move Gobert. Yeah. I haven't heard Mike Conley's name. I heard Royce O'Neal. I heard him as a possible um, player that could be moved. I haven't heard Mike Conley, but I mean, if I'm Brad Bill, Mike Conley is not going to push me over the hump. And I don't know what he's making, but I know it's something crazy. I mean, Mike Conley has been one of the highest paid players in the league the last few years. Richard, who, what is the one trade that you would like to see happen on draft night? You don't have to give the the framework. Just like if there's one guy, one trade you would like to see, what, what is that trade? Yeah, get Sacramento out of four. Uh, that is, this is like the worst year they could have jumped up to number four because like, yeah, if they had three, everything becomes so much easier. I just don't think you can justify taking Jaden Ivy. Maybe if Chet falls, uh, things work out, but I don't see him making it down to four at this moment. And if the same top three goes Jabari, Chet, Palo, they got to get out of there. I would not want to see them take Jaden Ivy. So Number one is getting that. Honestly, if you could get John Collins, like that's been on the table. John Collins would easily be a top five player in this draft. Get him in number four or get him right. for number four. Yeah, so let's, let's just talk about this and we'll stay right here in Sacramento for a moment. What do you think they should do? I'll start with you, Sam. So there's been a ton of rumors over the last few days and it seems like, you know, the question I always ask myself when there's rumors, especially around draft time is, you know, who's benefiting from this information leaking out because usually the ones that benefit are the ones putting this information out. I think uh, a lot of the smoke and the noise that's coming out right now is coming from Sacramento. I think they're trying to build up the pick as much as they can to potentially maximize the return they could get. And I think in the end, I think they're going to end up taking the best offer they can get. Uh, and if they do stay there, I think they're going to take Keegan Murray. But me personally, like, uh, I don't think Keegan Murray is worth taking it for. I would take whatever is the best package they get and move down. Um, and so that's, I personally, 
I'd be fine taking Jaden Ivey just because my thought process is when you're as bad as the Kings have been, you just take the best player available. I really like Ivey. The way I look at this draft is not just a top three. I view Ivey as the fourth guy in a, a, a top four personally. So I'd be fine taking him, but it seems from their perspective as if they're trying to build this pickup, put out as much smoke as they can, uh, maximize that potential return. And then I think on draft night, I think they're going to end up taking the best package they can get to move down. How do you feel about that, Leaf? Do you think that they're going to take Ivy? Or do you think that they'll they'll go with Keegan Murray and then let Ivy slide? Yeah, my thought process is similar to Sam's. I think that they should do is try to take the best offer because they seem to have a disconnect between them and Jaden Ivy's camp. Jaden Ivy doesn't want to be there. If if all were well, I would take Jaden Ivy because I have him actually number three on my board, and I think he's got superstar potential. And I I'm a believer in best available, and I, I don't think having two turbo speed guards that that are both big um, isn't the is the worst thing in the world. So I would take Ivy, but I do think it's most likely they'll take a trade package, and I wouldn't. I don't think I'd take Keegan Murray at four if they're a trade package, especially ones circling like circling around uh, John Collins, for instance, or they, I think they could get a really good player that's established and, and get some more picks. And that's a better deal than taking a guy in Keegan Murray, who I really like, but I just don't think he's got the same star potential as a guy like Jaden Ivey, or I'm not sure he'll be better than John Collins. So I think you go safe with the trade or you go boom or bust with Ivy, in my opinion. All right. Yeah. We'll stick with Ivy when we return, but I want to talk to the audience about bet online. And that is because bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Bet Online remains the absolute best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA boxing and golf head to the website today use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action bet online is where the game starts shout out to each and every person that has made the locked on nba big board podcast your first listen of the day and this podcast has been a success i mean i don't want to brag and toot my own horn or our own horns but this podcast is doing very well and it is the absolute best nba draft podcast available and it's because of my guys right here. Got Sam Ferris, Leaf Tuline, Richard Stamen. I mean, I think we're the dream team, but maybe I'm a little bit biased. All right, let's continue with Jaden Ivey. Do you believe the Knicks are going to be able to work some type of three-team deal or, or work some type of magic to get Jaden Ivey? I personally think Ivey to the Knicks gives him outside of maybe Washington, the most or, or the best opportunity to play as a point guard. I think that's probably his best position. I personally don't know if the Knicks have enough, but there is some ties there with CAA. I did hear that the Knicks are probably, or, or one of the reasons why CAA is probably has no interest in dealing with the Kings is because Halliburton is a CAA guy and that Halliburton was traded without any warning after he wanted to be there. So I don't know if that has any impact on what's going on, but do you think anyone, this is over for anyone, do you think the Knicks have enough or can get a three-team deal where they can move up to, to get Jaden Ivey? 
I mean, I, I think they could. Um, I think Randall being one year removed from an all-star game, I think it's still attractive enough. It depends on the team. If you're getting, if you're the Kings, I don't know what you really get out of that. Like they're a weird team because how do you pair Sabonis and Randall as your front court? Um, so it would have to be something more. It sucks the timing of it because I think if Mitchell Robinson was included in this, if it was like Mitchell Robinson and 11 for four, I don't think it's that terrible. Uh, you get the full contract, not like expiring Mitchell Robinson, but like say you get him on a four-year deal. Um, that would make things a lot different because I think Mitchell Robinson and Sabonis is a great pairing personally. And ultimately, I think they have the ammo. I think you look at quickly, I think Obi Toppin, I think they'd be just fine moving on from him. I don't think he's much value in this, but those two and, um, and Julius Randle. So, I mean, Randle quickly, Toppin, that's, that's a really good package without even throwing in number 11 of what you could get. Yeah, I think with, with Randall and Toppin, I mean, you'd have too many fours. I think I can't imagine both of those guys being being packaged together. But what's interesting is they all are represented by the same the same agency. They're all CA guys. Leaf, do you think the Knicks have enough to get it done? I'm not I'm not certain they do. I think they if they get a third team in there, I know Malcolm Brogdon's linked to both the Knicks and and the Kings due to the, the deals. Uh, I'm not I'm not the biggest believer in uh, in the idea of making a three team trade and we get the Malcolm Brogdon when they could have had and they just had Tyrese Halliburton as the Kings. Uh, I, I don't know if if Ivy if Ivy connects that way to the Knicks. I just don't think there's a three team deal that becomes a win 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 for each team. And so I, I'm a I'm in the belief that the Knicks are going to get Malcolm Brogdon as the best player. I don't think they can get Jaden Ivy and reset. What about you, Sam? Do, do you feel there's any way it, it's possible? Yeah, I mean, there's there's always a way to make something happen. If it were to happen, I think I'm not sure it would involve Randall unless it were a three-team deal. I think it'd be more like uh, the Knicks pick at 11, either top in quickly or Grimes, and then a future pick probably. Um, because if you include the salary of a guy of some of their higher played guys, then it's got to become probably a three team deal at that point, I would think. Um, but Raphael, let me pitch you one trade. I was thinking of for the fourth pick, uh, pivoting to the Spurs. What would you think about them trading up for the fourth pick? And they would trade Keldon Johnson and their pick at number nine to move up to pick Jaden Ivey. How would you view that uh, from both sides? You think the Spurs would want to would put one pair of Ivy and Murray together in the backcourt? I think and so. Primo. And Primo, yeah. Uh, I think so. I mean, there's been a little bit of some rumors there, but I, I think that uh, Ivy would make sense between Vassell, Murray, and it, it seems like they like him as a prospect based off what I've heard, and that's – one I've seen floating out there. I personally am a little bit lower on Kelton Johnson's ceiling. So like, if that were me, if that can get me up to number four to get Ivy, I think I'd personally do that if I'm the Spurs, but I thought that one was kind of interesting. Yeah, who do you think the the Kings would, would take at 11? Like what, what position would, would they look for a shooter? Cause I, I feel like the guys available at 11, I mean, somebody could drop, but I think they just need shooting really, really bad. And so um, yeah. it's almost like if they maybe don't get AJ shooting, Griffin. yeah, maybe, maybe AJ Griffin. 
I mean, if the Kings are if the Kings are down there, like what at nine, right? Yeah, like nine. nine they, yeah, I mean, Jalen Duran, if he's there, that's a huge fit with Sacramento, and he you could take him at four, but why not get an asset for him? Now, do you do you feel like Sabonis is his best position is at the four or the five? I think four. that's offensively the five, but overall four, I guess is like I think he can play both enough, and he cannot be a center defensively, so he's a four to me. You know, I, what, what about you, Sam? What position do you feel uh, like this is? I mean, that's kind of the problem with Sabonis, exactly. to be honest, is <laughs> yeah. like, I love, I really like watching him as a player. I'm a Gonzaga guy. Like I grew up in Spokane, so I, I really like him. But in terms of reaching a ceiling as a team, it's tough because if he's playing the five for you, your defense just can't be good enough. It's just going to be almost impossible. And so like, I think he was almost in a good spot having Miles Turner behind him in Indiana but I don't think Turner loved that. And so they decided to move on and they got a great deal getting Halliburton. Um, so that's kind of the issue there. Like if you can ideally find a five that can space the floor and protect the rim, like a Miles Turner, that's what you're looking for. But uh, that's just a little bit of the issue that Sabonis kind of creates in terms of roster construction. And that's why I don't think the John Collins deal makes any sense. So if, if Capella and Collins, I mean, I know there's other factors around it, but if Capella and Collins couldn't really get it done defensively, then Sabonis and, and Collins, that to me, that you know, it's like you're running in place. You just added bigger contract. No, it does seem like a move the Kings would do, though, just to get, <laughs> to get good short term, not get good, but get into the race for the 9-10 seed short term. Like the offense should be good, but like you said, I don't think the defense would be tenable with those guys at the four and five. All right, John Collins, do you think he gets moved? And what is your ideal trade or, or, or situation for him? I'll start with you, Richard. Yeah, I think he gets traded. Uh, I don't think he should be the front court guy to go. I really do think the best trade, it doesn't even involve anything on draft night, honestly. Um, maybe the 16th pick could go. And Leaf, I'd love for you to chime in because that's to do with you, but uh, I think Capella Collins, just move him over to Utah. I think there's so much chemistry issues over there um, that they're willing to just straight up swap. I think both sides might say yes. And if they throw in the 16th pick, maybe even Herter, if you really want to get the best defender in the NBA, um, I think 16 Herter, Capella Collins might do it. And Capella is a big downgrade, I think, from Gobert, just because Gobert's so good, and especially because Capella wasn't healthy this year. Uh, I'd want to see that. So maybe the the Hawks if we see a need that goes to that applies for Utah, maybe that's potentially on the move after that. Uh, what is it that there's a window where they can't trade it. I remember in 2014 with Andrew Wiggins, we saw that. Um, so maybe something like that, they could, uh, what's it called? De facto pick for the jazz. Yeah. I'll hop in and kind of chime in. I think the way Raphael phrased that question of what would you think the best package for Collins is, I think the best package you can get is an all NBA guy and Rudy Gobert. I don't think even if you get up to number four and you take Jaden Ivey um, for John Collins, I don't think there's much possibility that his he'll be as good as Rudy Gobert was um, in the short run. And they, they want to compete right away. The management in Atlanta is very ambitious and thinks that that conference finals run is is replicable. And I think this is a way that makes it replicable and really feasible. Um, so I think the best you can get is Gobert. Like I said earlier, I don't think it happens before draft day, um, though I think, you know, that that rumor of Collins, Capella, Herter, and number 16, that, as a Jazz fan, I would 
would consider that for Gobert, and I think that's a legitimate offer, and I think that's the best you're going to get if you're the Hawks. I think I love Jaden Ivey, and if he's there at four, that's a good deal. But, I mean, you lose a guy in John Collins who's 18 and 10 um, in his fifth year in the NBA. So I, I think that's the best you can get as an all-NBA and, and best, in my opinion, the best defender in the world. What about you, Sam? What's your, what's your ideal trade situation for, for John Collins? Uh, for John Collins. Um, well, I think he is going to get traded. I think if I had to predict, again, he just feels like a guy that could end up on the Kings. It feels to me like a Kings move. Um, gosh, what are some other, what are some other possibilities you guys have heard that you think are realistic? I've heard maybe Portland for seven. I don't know if that really if, puts the yeah. Blazers over the top, but if I mean, you're Portland, would you rather have Jeremy Grant or would you rather have John Collins? Oh, not close, not close. I think it's John Collins. You agree with that, Leaf? I think it's pretty close, actually. I, I, I think that's closer than than what Richard's saying. I think I'd, I'd lean Jeremy Grant for like a year. I think John Collins is better in the long run. Yeah. I think I would go with, and I'm a Blazers fan. I think I would go with Grant. I don't know if Nurkic and Collins together is going to get the Blazers out of the eighth spot. And I think the Blazers just could use another, like a three and D type. And I think Grant offers more versatility. All right, before we get on to the next segment, I have to let you know about this package that I got in the mail. And it came from Built Bar, and it was a mud pie. You know, the people at Built Bar are always coming out with these new amazing flavors. And I feel like this time they've really outdone themselves with this mud pie flavor. And it's for the first time ever that Built Bar is introducing a mud pie flavor in both the mud pie bar and the mud pie puff. Not sure what the mud pie puff tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, sit down for this. This new mud pie bar is rich with whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate, and it is topped with cookies and cream crumble. You've got to try the mud pie as soon as possible, and you need to hurry up because the mud pie bar and the mud pie puff are only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. And if you are not convinced, luckily, we saved the best for last. It is actually good for you. No. I'm serious. It's actually good for you. All built products are low in calories, high protein, and low sugar. And the mud pie is packed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories, and 8 grams of sugar. It's kind of like your mom baked the most delicious, creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up just for you, but she made it healthy. The mud pie bars and puffs are available at built.com right now, but they're going fast, and that's just because they're delicious and the demand is high. And like all the built bars, they're covered with 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and they are tasty. So you're going to love the new mud pie bar and the built puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just to grab a quick bite, built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off at built.com. All right, it's Rafael Barlow. And once again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. We have the best NBA draft crew right here. And we're all under under the same, I was going to say under the same building, but we're in different places across the country. We're all under the same Zoom link. All right, Jeremy Grant, we talked about him briefly in the last segment. 
do you think he gets moved and what team do you think is a good fit for him? I'll start this off. Uh, I, I personally am low on Jeremy Grant. I think he's been completely overused in Detroit and has been pretty empty stats. Uh, so personally, I think put him on a, let him go back to that Denver role and a little bit more usage uh, where he was really good at, uh, you know, let him shoot the three a little bit more, let him defend. And, you know, if you want him to cut slash a little bit, um, I don't think Detroit would go down really below 20, but somewhere like Chicago, I think would be a really good one. Unfortunately, unless they're moving like Patrick Williams back or something who is halfway through his rookie contract and really hasn't done anything yet. I don't know how, how well they're going to get be able to pull that off. Maybe 18's up for grabs in some bigger package. Could see Chicago as a fit, stay within the division. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like the hard thing with Jeremy Grant is he was so valuable in the role he played for Denver, but it's up to him. And like he wanted more responsibility. He wanted to play on the ball. Uh, it's some of the stuff we've heard reporting with OG lately. But the issue is now that Jeremy Grant is paying getting paid a lot of money. Uh, if he goes back to a three and D role, then he's kind of being overpaid for the role he's playing. So it's like he, he was good value earlier in his career when he was that role player, but now he's, he's not really qualified to take on all the usage that he's getting. And I don't think that's a role he can play for a good team. So uh, if he's willing to go back into that role, I think someone would take him. But then again, at that point, then he's being overpaid. So it's a little bit of a conundrum with him. In terms of good fits, though, like uh, Chicago was one at Atlanta would be another, you know, most teams can use that three and D wing and he is useful. It's just, he's being paid a lot of money to do that now. What are your thoughts, Leaf? I, I like the Blazers going after it. Cause you know, Damian Lillard is a, is an awesome player, but father time comes for everyone. And I think the window is beginning to close in, in Portland uh, for, for a real chance. And I think that's the, uh, the mode of operation is try to win with Damian Lillard. And so I would try to go in and, and get Jeremy Grant and, and, you know, seven pick is alluring, especially in a solid draft. And uh, I think you'd, you'd have to give a little more than just the seven pick, but it, it's feasible. And so I, that's my favorite option uh, for, for anyone to be a suitor for Jeremy Grant. And I think there's a chance that one happens. All right. There's another name that has been mentioned in trade rumors, DeAndre Ayton. What scenarios do you think, work out best for Phoenix and the team that would be acquiring him. My personal favorite, which, I mean, I think it's possible. I, I mean, the framework would probably have to be, well, the team is Charlotte. The framework would have to be maybe like Rogier, PJ Washington, and one of their picks, probably 13. That may sound like a lot for Aiton, which I think is going to be really tough to gauge his value, especially when you consider Christian Wood only went for like a, a Snickers some M&M's, a soda, <laughs> and the 26 pick. So I think with Charlotte, I think Aiton is worth swinging for the fences for. I think that it would give them a, you know, a legitimate big man, their first since uh, Al Jefferson. I mean, we don't need the, the Plumleys and uh, what, what's the other guy? Plumleys. It seemed like it's always a Plumley or a Zeller. Oh, Zeller, yeah. <laughs> Either a Plumlee or the Zeller. It seems like one of those, one of the brothers has been their starting center, it seems like since Al Jefferson left. So 
Um, I, I would swing for the fences. What do you think about DeAndre Ayton on a move? And what are your thoughts about him going to Charlotte? I'm I'm here for it. I, I like it a lot. I think it's uh, I, I don't know what to make of the PJ Washington situation. I think they ultimately would let him walk next year in a sign and trade. So it's just kind of prolonging the inevitable if you keep him. Uh, get him out one year early. And I think Phoenix also benefits by getting a, a stretch small ball guy um, that, you know, you just stretches the floor better. I really personally like uh, Mitchell Robinson. If, if it's legal, stop me, somebody who knows the cap better than me. But if it's legal, Mitchell Robinson for DeAndre Aiden, I think it's very good for both sides. It allows them, I mean, obviously they keep JaVale McGee, it's a little bit redundant, but it's not like DeAndre Aiden had some crazy high usage where he was creating a ton of his own shots, get somebody who was the most efficient player for uh, a couple of the last few seasons. And that's why I think Charlotte works out because you can possibly get Mark Williams at 13 if you're Phoenix. And now you got your defensive, you get better, possibly get better defensively. You got somebody who understands his role, who's not going to, I don't know. I don't want to say Aiden didn't play hard, but I felt like there were times where, he he didn't give his maximum effort because he felt like he needed more touches. Is, is there another trade that you guys think would make sense for, for Phoenix and DeAndre Ayton? Yeah, two destinations I would like to see would be, one would be the Spurs and a second would be the Pistons. So potentially, I already mentioned Keldon Johnson. I think he would probably be in that deal from San Antonio. Um, Phoenix would get another wing or four there in Keldon Johnson. But I think... If I'm the Spurs, like DeAndre Ayton would be a guy that I'd be willing to pay to come there. They're not really like a free agent destination. Um, maybe like Kelton Johnson and Pirtle for DeAndre Ayton would be kind of a framework of a trade. And then Detroit, uh, like they need some more young talent next to Cade, depending on who they get in the draft. I think I could see him being a fit there. I'm not sure exactly who, maybe Jeremy Grant, I don't know, maybe somebody else, but I think those are two that make sense to me from a DeAndre Ayton standpoint. What about you, Lee? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for the Detroit destination. That's where I was going, and, and Sam covered it pretty well. I think that they've got an alluring place for him to go. I think playing alongside Cade Cunningham is super, super desirable. It fits their timetable. And as for the Suns, you get a top-level pick. Uh, you'd get you'd get the fifth pick in, in this framework, and obviously you'd get something else as well. I'm not not certain I could think of anything better um, than than that situation for both teams. And and I really do think if he's to move, I think the Pistons would be the best candidate for Aiton to have a, a flourishing career and and really rise. And then also the Suns would get the highest pick that they can get out of contenders who would want not contenders, sorry, um, people that would want him. What do you think about? the possibility of DeAndre Ayton going to the Thunder. What would be the the trade there? You could probably throw in Derek Favors, his contract, but the Thunder have so much space. I think every player on okay. their team got like a million dollars this year because they're <laughs> below below the uh yeah. below the floor. Okay. Yeah. And I, a friend of mine was like one of his clients got like I forgot what he told me, but it was like a crazy amount of money and he barely played. So I think everybody that played over 40 games or something like that got a million dollars. So I would say, let's say you go Derek favors 12 and Trey man. Or future picks too. Right. Yeah. So no, that makes sense. Yeah. The thunder probably have the room to take him in. That's not one I've heard, but another one that the timetable is right. If the thunder, 
you know, liked Aiton in the draft, if they're still high on him and are willing to pay him the max, I just, I think the Thunder might have their sights set a little bit higher and like next year's draft, I think they're going to be major players. I would be surprised if that's like the guy they cash their chips in for, but if they do, I think the, the fit makes sense and the timeline's right. Well, the crazy thing is, like, are they going to sit Gilgis Alexander and Giddy out again? Oh, your ankle sprain? Okay, you're out <laughs> two weeks. Are they going to do that to try to swing for the fences on Wimbayama? I mean, do you? I, I, on one hand, I could see it happening, but how many years would they get? They got Wimbayama. I really, really <laughs> like their team. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think this is probably the last year they can realistically do this. I mean, there's only so long you can sit a guy like SGA and Giddy and like the Thunder fans are very passionate. They've been loyal. They've been patient, but you can't do what they've been doing for too much longer. I think next year they're going to, they're going to be trying for a top three pick again next year, especially in the loaded class. But I think that will kind of be the last super tank year from them. I, I just don't think you can do it much longer than that. What are your thoughts, Richard? Yeah, I mean, the tank feels like it's been going a lot more than it actually has. Uh, it's yeah. only been two years removed since they were a playoff team. Uh, and Lou Dort was blocking hardened shots, things like that. So I don't know. I, I don't mind three-year rebuilds. I'm also a Magic fan. Um, you know, I'd rather uh, not been, see what they been, did and, and go you, to the middle. Uh, you've been rebuilding with, since Dwight left? Yeah, <laughs> and, and even their peak of the rebuild, they won, what, 42 games? And it's like, okay, bottom out. Like, they're yeah. doing a full bottom out. They've done a great job of collecting players and assets. I mean, they have the, what most picks them in New Orleans. I think they've done a good job. I, I actually don't mind one more year of it. Now in 2023, while they might unintentionally tank, uh, they should not go out there doing what they've been doing and intentionally fielding. I mean, what was the kid? Uh, the kid from Wake Forest that had like 25 and 15 or something this year, Jalen Horde, uh, yeah. you know, things like that, like cut that. That's where Lindy, I have the issue. Lindy Waters, the kid from Oklahoma State. Yes. Yeah. Just playing for them. And I think he had like a 25 point game. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, I, I, I totally get it. It totally makes sense. But if if I'm the Thunder, I think if you get eight and you, you at least get one big piece. And I feel like eventually they're going to have to pay somebody they, unless they want to just keep paying the, their rookies you know, extra million or, or two every year. But I think eventually they're going to have to pay somebody. Well, guys, this was fun. I know like trade speculations and trade talk is something that's always dominating the headlines around the draft. And I, I think that it's going to be a, a, a crazy amount of trades. We need to get into too deep into what could happen with Washington. We didn't really talk about uh, some of the teams I've heard at the in the 20s that are probably going to be trying to move down or, or possibly move up. So much to talk about. But once again, thank you guys for coming on. Shout out to each and every person, again, that has made the Locked On NBA Big World Podcast your first listen of the day. And now the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, and the draft experts from the Locked On NBA Big Board crew. The, the, the one. Two, three. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your first listen of the day. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow, Sam Ferris, Leaf Tulane, and Richard Stateman. And we are out.